Welcome to Away From The Keyboard. We give you a glimpse into the lives, interests, and tech behind today's technologists. Please join our hosts, Cecil Phillip and Richie Rump, as we get away from the keyboard. Welcome to Away From The Keyboard, where technologists tell their stories of how they started, how they grew, how they learned, and how they unwind. My name is Richie Rump, and with me I have my co-host, Cecil Phillip. What's up, Cecil? Not much, Richie. I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing, man? Good, man. Hanging in there. You know, rumor has it that we're going to be attending some conferences soon. So uh, why don't you share about where we're heading? Sure, definitely. So let's start off talking about podcast movement. So on July 31st to August 2nd in Fort Worth, Texas, you know, Richie and I will be attending podcast movement. And, and podcast movement, for those of you guys that don't know, is essentially a gathering of, you know, some of the big podcasting powerhouses, you know, across the nation. You know, getting together to share resources, to share ideas, you know, to talk about different advancements in the craft. You know, and, you know, Richie and I, we've just started this podcast, you know, we're not even a year in, but I think it'll definitely be a worthwhile experience for us to just go in and see what it's like to be around some of these other folks that have been doing this for, you know, much longer than we have. Yeah, man, it's going to be really cool. I'm really looking forward to uh, meeting up with some of these podcasters and picking their brain a little bit. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, Richie, what about uh, what about you? Do you have any other uh, events that you want to talk about? So, in a couple of weeks, we'll be at SQL Saturday, South Florida at Nova Southeastern University in Fort Lauderdale. That's going to be on June 13th, 2015. SQL Saturday is an event that I go to a lot. It's actually a global event. And I will be speaking at SQL Saturday, South Florida. Not quite sure on what. Maybe, Cecil, maybe you could give me a topic that I could speak on. You could always do the Entity Framework talk. I could do the Entity Framework. I'm, I'm thinking about doing ASP.NET 5 for a bunch of DBAs. Oh, they'd love uh, that, man. Oh, yeah. You should They'll do be that. all over that. You should do it. Yeah. I, it'll be me and an empty classroom. It'll be interesting. <laughs> but the cool thing about SQL Saturday is that it's a it's focused on SQL Server, but they do have other topics such as uh, BI, business intelligence. And I know that there'll be a bunch of presentations on their new reporting platform, which is called Power BI. And I've always felt that the community for the SQL group is really fun and uh, lots of cool looking characters. So we'll be there. We'll probably be recording a few episodes. And if you're there, stop by, say hi. Right. So again, so that's SQL Saturday. June 13th, Nova Southeastern University, and we'll also be a podcast movement July 31st through August 2nd. Should be cool. Should be awesome. Who are we talking to today, Richard? Today we're talking to Esteban Garcia. So Esteban Garcia is the founder and chief technologist at Nebia Technology, an ALM consulting and Azure power technology company. He's a software developer with a passion for ALM, TFS, Azure, and software development best practices. Esteban's a Microsoft Visual Studio ALM MVP and ALM Ranger, Pluralsight author, and the president of OneTug, Orlando.net user group. That's nice. That So That's let me ask you a question. So is an ALM Ranger like a Ranger from Lord of the Rings? You know, that's a really good question. So, so can I call him Strider? Can I call Esteban Strider? Can I do that at all? <laughs> I'm sure you wouldn't mind if you do, to be honest. Yeah, we should we should have asked him that when we recorded when we recorded this. You know what we should do is have him come back on the show and actually do the interview that we should have done the first time. Yeah, that's right. So the other question is: would, Is this like an army ranger? Can we, is it like an army ranger, ALM ranger, army ranger? I don't know, but I can imagine he has like stripes you know, <laughs> or pins or something like that, like on his uniform. I I could see that he actually wears a uniform 
when he's at the Ranger Conference. Dude, he, that must mean he must be a dangerous guy, man. I want to be an ALM Ranger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So Esteban can be found on Twitter at Esteban F. Garcia and on the web at ALMGuide.com. This episode was recorded on April 22nd, 2015. Without further ado, here's our conversation with Esteban Garcia. And now, away from the keyboard's feature conversation. But uh, I'm going through a major renovation of my office right now. So, yeah, you wouldn't want to see this right now. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. I got a new desk. I think, Richard, you got the same desk, right? This time. Desk, if I, if I remember right, didn't you didn't you get that as well? The stand desk, the Kickstarter one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. Yeah, yeah. I got that. I might just came in like a month ago, like super late. But anyways, um, I had my old desk and I had to get rid of that. So now I'm still like in transition mode, and it's just crazy stuff here. So you wouldn't want to so, see what the camera would be showing. <laughs> so how do you how do you like it? How do you like your stand desk? I like it. I I seem to spend maybe. Uh, I don't know, 60% of my time standing up. Um, I like it. I, uh, you know, so far, so far, so good. So, um, uh, what about you? I, I find myself mainly standing at night. Like today I just spent the entire day on my futon and I just, <laughs> I, I looked at, I looked at the desk and I'm like, eh, not, not today. And I just picked up the laptop and just worked on my couch and, um, yeah. and, but, Tonight, I'm just standing here, and usually most nights, I'll be standing at the desk, um, unless I've had like a bad run or something, and I'm just sore, and yeah. I'm like, okay, let me just get it down. I know. <laughs> just, I know. We'll anytime I do, yeah, anytime I do any type of recording, although right now I'm sitting, but most of the time, like when I'm doing my pluralsight stuff, I, think I stand, just because it, it always seems like I'm much more lively, and um, I don't know, just project a little better. Yeah, I started using my hands on an audio stuff, and it just doesn't work as right. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. For me, I, I love standing up. I mean, if I could, I'd stand up all day, like before, in the morning, after lunch, you know. Like, I know for me, after a while, after a week or so, I just, I just forget that I'm standing up, and it just becomes like yeah. second nature. Yeah, it all depends. Like, I, I, I have an office, and I go there, you know, three or so days a week, and there's no stand, stand up desk there. So I'm sitting all the time. So when I get home and I'm standing, it just feels a little better. I don't know. I need to yeah. work on that over there. Yeah. So are you at a client's office, or you actually have your own space, or? I have my own space. I, I work at. There's a co-working space downtown Orlando, and uh, that's where there's like maybe thirty or so startup companies there. There's a space for about a hundred desks there. There's a bunch of startup companies there, and you know it's a desk. And if you hire more people, you rent another desk. So instead of renting out a whole office, you just rent desks. But you get conference rooms, and you get um, uh, you know, a whole kitchen and all that fun stuff that you never get for a regular office. So it works out really well, and it makes me feel like it's not just me. So yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Although nowadays it feels like my my work life has taken over my whole life since I started my, my own company a few months ago, right? So uh, there, there, there doesn't seem to be a lot of uh, non, non, uh, well, there's no a lot of non-coding kind of parts. Thing. Yeah, there, there's, there's a lot of non-coding times, but there's not a lot of non-work times, if you will. <laughs> oh, not, non, non-times that you get paid, 
right? I mean, exactly. Yeah. It's I'm all get, work. I'm either getting paid or I'm working towards putting together the next thing that will get, that will get me paid or get my team paid. Right. Uh, you know, yeah. it's, uh, it, it was, it was just me for about a week and then I hired a guy a week into it. And then I just hired another person. So it just means, uh, it, it's great. It's all, it's all good. Everything's growing, but at the same time, it's a lot more pressure on, okay, what's, what's next when I, what's next? Do I need to make sure I have something lined up so that, you know, I don't, uh, so that they they can bring food to the table, you know. So it's not just me. So that that brings a, a bit of a different um, uh, dynamic to the whole thing. But uh, it's still a lot of fun. But yeah, it's a lot of work too. <laughs> so since we we kind of already started talking about it, um, why don't you tell for the people that are listening that are not quite sure what your company does? Why don't you tell them a little about the company, you know, and kind of the type of services that you offer? Yeah, definitely. So my company name is uh, Nebia Technology. Uh, I started it back in October of 2014. And uh, the main thing that we do is application lifecycle management um, and, uh, you know, so TFS and process and uh, Scrum and Agile, that, that the whole realm of things, um, you know, a lot of tools and processes, you know, helping software develop and development teams become better at their what they do via the right processes and tools. And I've, I, I've done a ton of Azure in the past few years. So, the, uh, you know, we, the, we lead with those two things, ALM and Azure. And uh, that always leads into, hey, we, we have some software that we, we'd like you to build for us. So we also do, obviously, a lot of custom software development. But, um, you know, obviously the things that we, we that differentiate us from other consulting or uh, software companies are, is our strength in ALM and Azure. Um, so I started that, as I said, in October, um, there's, um, uh, had someone join me shortly after that in November and then someone's, uh, just joined me again recently. And then I also have a couple of other, um, part-time people doing work with me. So it's, it's been, um, a, a very interesting journey so far. <laughs> nice. So, so why don't you tell us, I mean, what? What kind of gave you the inspiration to, you know, one day just say, hey, I'm going to start my own company. I'm going to do it by myself. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to take the risk and see where it goes. Yeah. So um, before I uh, joined the company I was working for before, um, I was uh, partners with two other people on a similar company than this. And we had that for about four years. And, um, you know, different life situations led to all of us joining this other company. And, but I always had that um, that itch, I guess, of, hey, I, I'd like to try this again, or I'd like to just be independent and sort of make my own destiny, rather than saying, okay, well, now I'm relying on this person or that person or X, Y, Z and um, to, to make, make me successful. Um, so, you know, I decided that, uh, you know, I had, I, had, I had sort of put myself in the right position in, you know, from a... Um, a few different factors from a, I guess, financial perspective, but also from a, uh, you know, being recognized as a, as a, I guess, quote unquote expert and a few different things. And I, I just sort of said, you know what, what's the worst thing that can happen? You know, if, if, if I fail, I'm going to have to go find a job and there's lots of jobs out there. So might as well go try it. And if I didn't try it now, I knew that I was going to kick myself, you know, three years down the road. And uh, I figured, just do it. Um, 
And, and then I asked my wife, and she said, okay. <laughs> you definitely had to ask the boss, man. The boss had to call it and make sure it was all good. Yeah, for sure. She was definitely very, uh, obviously, she was very involved in the, in the decision, but uh, she was also very supportive. And, um, you know, and you know, I'm sure, um, as most people know, if she would have said no, it, it would have been the end of it right then. But obviously, she, she was very su- supportive. So far, things have been... Uh, you know, when, when, I, you, when you when you first do it, I had that, you know, the pit in your stomach feel where like, oh, my God, what's going to happen now? I remember, you know, a week before my last day at my previous job, I was like, oh, my God, did I make the right decision? Did I not make the right decision? This is crazy. You know, and then you, you sort of go through the whole, um, all these different emotions. And then once you do it, you're just sort of, okay, well, might as well just go all out and, and uh, make the most of it. And um, I've been very fortunate. A lot of people that, that I've approached have been very gracious to work with me and give me a chance. And also we've, we've been able to provide so far some, some great um, solutions to them. And, and uh, between existing clients and just word of mouth, um, you know, things are so far working out pretty well there's like everything there's been some ups and downs but uh we've been able to recover really well from the downs and we've had some uh, pretty good successes so far it's only six months so you know i may be back a year from now and say hey Cecil and richie can you uh hire me on as a, as a, as a helper in your podcast so, <laughs> so, well, you so, know- so we, don't, we don't know yet <laughs> Well, hey, hopefully next year we'll be saying, hey, let's let's get both of our companies together and partner and do something bigger together, right? Let, let's hope that's what the, the conversation is like. Yeah, there you go. Um, one, one of the things that um, I noticed that, you know, I, so I tried this back in 2007, 2008 when we started the previous company. Um, there's just so much stuff that you can do, you know, with services and, you know, the cloud and, and all those things that we've always been hearing. That's like a, one day you'll be able to do this. And that, that, now we're sort of there now. So that, that has that has also somewhat helped in, in that. You know, you, you don't have to worry about, okay, well, I need to buy a server. I need to do this. It's like, well, I just, I'm just spin up all this other service. So it's, um, it, it's, it's, been, it's been interesting for, from that perspective. Some of those headaches that I was expecting to have in, in terms of that, I uh, haven't had to deal with them, which obviously they've been replaced with other headaches, right? So it's it's, it's always uh, it's always fun. Sure. So so what are some of the like the most challenging things that you've noticed you had to deal with moving from you know being an architect, being a developer to now being an entrepreneur and a business owner? You know, one of the things that that I'm trying to do is making sure that I'm growing the business in a in a sustainable way, and sometimes having to either turn things down because there may not be the right thing for for what what I'm trying to do or or maybe you know trying to make sure that I stay away from being you know a, a staffing type uh company you know and and that that's that that that's a that that's been a bit of a, a challenge just to say well hey here's some money but say no don't want to do that because I'm focused over here trying to make the right choices there um also dealing with just understanding different personalities both from the client perspective and from you know, people that you work with perspective uh, and, and just trying to balance that out. Um, those are things that you usually from when you're sitting there as technical architect or as a developer where you're just mostly focused on providing the right solution and providing the right technology and you usually let someone else deal with uh, with the people type stuff, right? Whether it's your team or, or the client, now having to do all that and really understanding, okay, I'm, pu- I'm putting on my, my sales hat or I'm putting on my HR hat, or I'm putting all my my technical architect hat right now, so that that's 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 somewhat challenging, and and really knowing when 
when to make that context switch and also knowing not to keep context switching every five minutes because you'll go crazy, right? So, so th- those are, those are um, a lot of the things. You know, also making making some some hard choices in the consulting business. You know, you you might invoice a client now and you won't get paid for thirty days, but you get you get an invoice from someone that works with you. You need to pay it now, right? So th- those those are things where you can start, you sort of have to juggle things. So so if you guys have seen that I've lost like fifty pounds, is because I'm not eating that much. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but it's it's you know it's it's one of those things where you just have to you know just make the right choices to make sure that okay, am, am I doing this thing because it's going to help me now, but it's going to hurt me later, or am I doing something that hopefully you make the right choice now that's going to pay off, you know six months down the road or, or whenever that is. So that, that's, that's, that, that's been the biggest thing. Just, you know, sometimes you just wish you have like a, like a, like one of those crystal balls that tells you, okay, yeah, what you did right now is, is the right thing. Or, or maybe one of those, uh, the, the, the magic eight balls, right? Just say, okay, did I do the right thing? Maybe yes, no type thing. So that's, uh, that, that, that's, that's pretty challenging. <laughs> you know, I know for me how life was for me in Antigua, where I came from, you know, it was the older folks, you know, you know, everybody built their own houses and had their own gardens. And, you know, my grandmother had chickens and, you know, you know, trees and she, she grew tomatoes and all these types of stuff. And, you know, so they did everybody did a lot of stuff by hand. You know, they provided for the family and, you know, you could see the fruits of their labor. You know, and I look at my son now and I, I definitely want to be able to to have something to show him. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I want to be able to say. Hey, well, daddy didn't just work for somebody all of his life, right? Like, you know, I went out and I did something and I have a legacy that I could leave for you and you could see it and you could hold it and and you can take with it. You can take it and mold it to to be whatever you want it to be. Or maybe, you know, you decide to go your own route or do something different. But, you know, I always think about that legacy and what I'm leaving behind and what are people going to remember me for? You know, what am I leaving behind for everybody to see? Yeah, that's that's a, a really great point. So, so my son, he's he's nine. Uh, so when I had my previous company uh, back four years ago, 2011, he was uh, you know he was five years old, and it was just funny uh, back then when he used to say. That, so the company that that me and my two partners had was called M2E Solutions, and he would be like, "Oh, Dad, you're the boss of M2E." I mean, this five-year-old kid running around saying that. Then I wasn't uh, anymore the boss of M2E because I was working for someone and. Uh, you could tell that it was like, oh, you're not the boss anymore. And then as soon as I said, hey, yeah, we're starting this company, that you could see that that sort of spark or, or that excitement. Uh, so that was really cool to see. So so I definitely see your point there. And and you know, not to say that you you you're not successful unless you have your own thing. You know, you can define success in many different ways. But uh, yeah, sure. Um, I I really believe that that you know there there is that entrepreneurial spirit that everyone has inside of them, and and you just have to do something with that, no matter what it is. You know, and and this is the thing that I'm doing, right? So so it, it just I think brings a different level of excitement, a, a different you know. Again, and like I said earlier, truly a year from now I may be working from someone, and I'd be very happy doing that. But right now, this is the thing that just gets me so just fired up to do things every day. Yeah, I I just I I I see the image in my head of of Mufasa and Simba. Everything <laughs> the light touches is yours. <laughs> you know? that, that's that, that's pretty much it. He actually asked me, he's like, Dad, when I get when I get older, can I be have your company? I'm like, uh, that's not how things work. But yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe he's thinking that. <laughs> yeah, don't go to the elephant graveyard. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's not good. Um, I, you know, I found what I found interesting is that you said you hired your first person yeah, a, a week 
into this venture. And, you know, I've been a solopreneur for, you know, three years doing more of the contracting uh, gig. And it really, it's really scared me, right, to hire someone else on. And it's like, I, now I've got to be, you know, I have to have take care of someone else. And, you know, how is that going to uh, affect? What kind of led you to say, hey, I, I really need some more help with this. You know, let me bring on a couple other folks and, and to, to help me with this venture. Yeah, so um, I think it's one of those uh, things where you've sort of, go- I've gone through this experience before and I hopefully learned some good and bad things from, from, from that. And one of the things that I did learn before is that uh, myself and the two people that we uh, that I partnered with before, we were just working some crazy hours trying to make this thing work. And we were always afraid to hire someone else. And um, there's only so many hours in the day or so many hours in the week that you can work on. So uh, as soon as I announced that, hey, I'm starting this thing, I had some pretty good opportunities come my way uh, just from different people that, I've, that I knew and some companies that knew of me. Uh, and I found myself in a pretty similar situation that I had been five years ago where it's like, okay, now do I work the 80 hour weeks and yeah, I'm going to bill 80 hours and it's going to be all great and my bank account will look nice, but I'll be totally burned out in a, in, in a couple of months. Uh, plus, you know, I'm no longer 25 years old. Although I look 25, I'm not 25 anymore. So, <laughs> um, so I decided at that moment, I was like, you know what? I, I have enough work coming, or at least I think I have enough work coming. Let me bring someone in to help me take care of, you know, some of this client work so that I can focus on providing my clients the best that I can. Because I know after after so many hours a week, you're not as efficient or your your brain doesn't work as well, right? So I was like, okay, first I need to make sure that I'm providing my clients the right level of service for myself, but I also need to make sure that I'm not just doing this, you know, uh, to, uh, I'm setting myself up so I can, so I can spend the time, the extra time on, on growing the business. You know, if, if I, if all I'm doing 24 seven or 40, 50, 60 hours a week is doing billable work, I, I'll never have the time to go out and, and grow the business. So now if I'm taking on a couple of clients all on myself, where, where do I have that time? So it was, it was a, a pretty, um, as I was creating my business plan, if you will, um, that, that was one of the my, my non-negotiables to myself. You know, the moment I have enough work to bring someone in, I'm gonna bring him on. You know, with the understanding that I can, I can tell him, and and everyone is in the same page as to, hey, this is a startup company. I have enough work for the next three months for you. For the next three months, I'm gonna work my butt off to get more work, so you can I can keep you on for another three months, six months, whatever that is. But I just wanted I wanted him to make sure that he understood what he was getting himself into, and and uh, thankfully he he bought into the 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 idea and the and the and, and the vision, I guess. Uh, so that so 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 it's it's been very helpful because yes, that that has given me the, the extra time to go out there and, and do this thing. Um, I remember when um, probably a couple of weeks, I, I guess a week before I left my previous job, one of the guys I was working with, um, I was showing him my new office, which is only a couple of blocks away from where I was, um, that, that co-working space I was telling you about. It's called Canvas, C-A-N-B-S. So I was like, yeah, let me show you where I'm going to be. And um, so one of the questions I had was like, well, why don't you just work from home? What, what, why are you getting a, a why are you paying for for an office? I mean, it was only a couple hundred bucks. It wasn't that much. I was I was in a social membership. Um, you know, you, you you have an office at home. Obviously, I mean, we're talking about you know the the stand up desk and all that. I have a full office here at my house, and um, 
what I told them, and and it's and it's the reality is that I didn't leave a, a great company I was working for in a great situation I was on to be a solo developer. You know, I I I could have if that if that's what I wanted to do, I could have just stayed there and I I would have done similar things. Uh, but I really, at least at least I'm telling myself that I left that company to go off and start something something great, something that uh, I can bring. Uh, other great developers, other great um, uh, ALM agile people, and and provide you know something that that's not out there um, at least here in Orlando to to companies here uh, in, in the area, and and I can't just do it by myself. So it was it was definitely something that I had planned on doing. You know, from day one when I was thinking about starting this company, it wasn't it wasn't just. I'm gonna go off and be a contractor. It was I'm gonna go off and start a company, and you can't do it all, all, all by yourself. Yep. So one of the things I, I wanted to to bring up with you is I remember you said earlier that your wife has been very supportive of you. So I wanted to ask. So what's your your work life balance been like now that you've you know you've become a business owner? Well, it's um it's interesting. So so there there are things that. Uh, we as a as a couple and as a family, we we don't um, we, we just don't negotiate on like things like. Um, uh, thankfully, I have I live uh, two and a half blocks away from my son's school, for example. So in the morning, eight thirty in the morning, I'm walking him to school. I'm riding a bike with him to school cool. to make sure you spend that time with him. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Um, thankfully or not thankfully, as you guys know, I, I run. A, pretty good pretty pretty big user group here and a code camp and things like that so i've always had this events and technology type stuff that i've been involved with for many many years so my wife's already sort of getting used to that part so that that part hasn't changed too much but you know like whenever we do you know weekends family things uh you know even date nights we we make sure we we make time for that but and you know i'll stop working like what 6 6 30 p.m until about you know, family time, dinner time, get kids to bed in time until around this time, 10 p.m. And then I'm, I'm just like sort of a night owl. So from, from my 10 to midnight time, I'm always doing stuff. And sometimes you might be sleeping and I, that's that's my, my extra work time right there, right? But yep. uh, but uh, from a, you know, she keeps me pretty, um, you know, when, when she sees that I'm, that I'm getting a little bit too, um, I, I guess, uh, distant or or preoccupied on on work, she she reels me back in. It's like okay, this this is where the priorities are. Um, you know, again, we've gone through this before, and she's she's seen and I've seen how things can get. And uh, so so you know, we've been together long enough that she can tell when I'm getting to that point where I might just like start breaking uh, pens against my wall. So that's she's like okay, stop. Let's come over here. Let's drink a uh, bottle of wine and watch TV, and and that 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 seems to work out. <laughs> you know, what's funny is I've always said it takes a special type of woman to be with somebody that is in the software business. Yes, <laughs> it 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 does because we work maybe not twenty four hours a day, right? But we work some interesting hours sometimes. Yep. You know, um, and sometimes it's it's you know work work, and sometimes it's exploration, and sometimes it's hey, like I really have this problem and I gotta figure it out, and it's four o'clock in the morning, and I'm not in bed yet, but I'll be in there in like ten seconds. Yes, <laughs> yeah, one one more minute, and then uh, an hour later, you're just like, yeah, one more minute, I, I I'll almost be got it, I almost right? got I'll, it. Right, I'll be there in ten seconds, and then the sun's coming up, and it's like, shoot, it's time oh, to go take a shower and go to bed. 
right? Yeah, or, or you're like, oh yeah, I I, I took a four hour nap. I just I just woke up right before you woke up. But I swear I haven't been up all night. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna lie to you. Like, there's a lot of times that I've been woken up sleeping at my desk. And, you know, it's been like, hey, you really just should just give up and come to bed because you're sleeping on yourself. Your laptop's on your lap. Like, let's just let's just call it night, you yeah. know. Um, but again, like it's it's that balance of of support, right, that, that we all need, right, to keep us successful, you know, to know, OK, well, I need you to push a little bit harder. OK, now I need you to slow down and let's let's spend some time together and, you know, let's let's balance it out a little bit. Correct. And it's all about also a lot of communication, right? I mean, I've, I've been married for, uh, it's going to be 14 years this, this year and we met in college. So we've known each other for a long time. And, um, it's, uh, I, as I was going into this company and even what was any big decisions that, that I've made, we always talk through it and, and we all always understand what does this mean? So, uh, yes, as, uh, you know, last summer when I was thinking about this, okay, well, if I were to do this, we all understand what this is going to mean for, for myself, for you, for, for the kids. Um, and that's something that we, we talked about quite a bit. And, and as things, uh, come up or, you know, we, we always, are able to communicate and talk through those things and make sure that, you know, we're doing this for the right reasons. Uh, she also understands, you know, we both sort of have a vision of where we need to be and the things that we're trying to do. Um, so, you know, it's, it's you know, communication and a good partnership and things like that, you know? Uh, so I think that, you know, in that, in that perspective, I'm, I'm lucky that I found some of that, that, that does, uh, understand what that, that means. And it sounds like, yeah, yeah. It sounds like you guys know what, what I'm talking about. Yeah, no, I definitely do. You know that that's it's been. I think I said earlier, like I, I wouldn't I wouldn't have started this this venture if 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 she wouldn't have supported it, and uh, if we thought that it was gonna uh, have a bad effect on our family. So far, so good. So far, you know, everyone's everyone's eating, everyone's having fun still. So so I you know, can't complain. Everybody's eating. That's very important. That's good. <laughs> yes, that's good. I'm living. I'm living out of my van, but it, all of, all of that. <laughs> it's a big van. It's a big <laughs> yeah, van. It is. Yeah. <laughs> so with um, so with the other stuff that you do, you know, outside of work and whatnot, with you know, one tug and and also with Orlando Code Camp, like does does your son, for instance, like get involved in that like do you see any interest from in him in terms of like that type of stuff yeah i actually started seeing a lot of interest in the past uh, year year and a half um you know he started asking for a lot of hey dad can you teach me how to program hey dad can, can you show me this or you know he you know got a, a laptop although he plays games on it most of the time but yeah he he definitely is uh, <laughs> interested in a lot of that um unfortunately this year during code camp he had some um school events so he couldn't be out there but yeah typically you know, he, he's been getting a lot more interested in in that um you know the, there's there's lots of resources nowadays for kids programming so i'm trying to get him going with that without you know one of the things that i get concerned is that i'm 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 gonna sort of say okay here go learn some c sharp you know and trying to keep it you know fun for them or or you know i i, I don't want him to like be an expert in 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 uh, T SQL or something like that. Although Richie, that's that's probably what he would do. Oh, jeez. Um, but uh, <laughs> no, but uh, you know, in reality, I mean, you you want to make it fun for them and sort of let them lead the way and just make sure that that I'm providing the right support. Um, you know, so there's there's some cool things out there like uh, Kodu and things like that that he's doing. Um, so as long as he's he's having fun, uh, I'll keep pushing him a little bit. But I just don't want to be those. Those uh, one of those parents that's like has their kids doing all the stuff that the the parent wishes that they they would have done, you know. So, yeah, no, definitely. 
you know, I know for me once, like my dad always wanted me to, hey, well, you should do biology and you should study chemistry and, you know, you should do physics. And, you know, what I ended up doing was computer science and business. Yeah. <laughs> so, so definitely, definitely, definitely not, you know, chip off the old block. But, you know, I think it worked out for the best. Yeah, so that's what it sounds like. Uh, one thing that we tried to do is just make sure that they're, they're they have a good balance. You know, like sports. That was sports was big for me growing up. So we make sure to put them in sports, soccer, tennis, whatever they may be, uh, and then all the other stuff. So I think as long as you you open up uh, all these different opportunities for them and show them everything that's out there outside of the little um, iPad or Xbox or whatever they play nowadays, um, you know, they they it's it's they'll turn out okay. No, I got you. I love me some Xbox, though, but I, I definitely understand where you're coming from. <laughs> yeah. My family, they, they, they got mad at me when I went to college for computer engineering. They all wanted me to be in finance because that's what the family did. And mm. good thing I didn't choose that because I probably wouldn't be a very happy finance guy. You, you know, it's interesting because that, that's a conversation that we have here in the house as far as, well, how do we teach our kids programming? Because that's <laughs> one of the things we would like to teach them. And uh, since we homeschool, we have the opportunity to, you know, have their curriculum be whatever we want it to be. But really, there's no one has got to be a maturity level of the child. Uh, it's got to be one thing that's there. But the other thing is, well, what curriculum is there that we could go off and use so that they're learning the kind of things that they like and it's stuff that's learning that's to be viable later. So. I don't know of anything that's really out there other than, you know, Hour of Code that, but still that there's really nothing says, hey, here's a curriculum you could use to learn programming. It's viable. It's fun. Yeah, I haven't seen any, um, I guess, strict curriculums per se. I know that uh, Pluralsight, uh, you know, that I do some courses for them. They, they have a kids programming section and they have maybe six or seven courses for kids, they're all free uh, that, you know, you can sort of walk them through their HTML and JavaScript and code and things like that. Uh, but I don't, I haven't seen a an actual curriculum out there. I'm not sure, I haven't looked, but I don't know if like Khan Academy or something like that would have anything. Um, but but yeah, that, that it would probably be interesting to, to put something together that says, okay, this is how you teach a kid the basics of programming, but at the same time sort of making it fun. Um, I remember when uh, I was, uh, I don't know, eight, nine years old, uh, my dad came home with, home with one of those big IBM computers, and my older brother and I found a, a basic uh, learner's book, and we started, we found, you know, some page, it was like, here's how you make a, a lunar lander program, and we literally... I guess there's not much other fun things to do in Ecuador when you're eight years old. So we <laughs> spent a day or two copying, I don't know, 10, 20 pages of this basic program. And then once we were done, we pushed a button and we saw this thing land. And it was like the coolest thing ever, right? Yeah. But, you know, now you, if I were to hand my, my son a basic book, he would be like, what what the heck is this? I can push a button on my on my Xbox and get something much, much better, right? So... I don't even know how to, where to start from that perspective. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we didn't. I mean, the plural side is actually. I didn't even think about that, but that's a, a great resource that we probably could point him to. I was going to think about that was a joke. Hey, we'll just give him a plural site course with John Papa. Yeah, <laughs> well, <laughs> they, they they could have that there, you know. But uh, it, it's interesting too because I because I was a kid in that age too, where you know we would take manuals or we would take magazines and we would type in the programs 
and then we would run the programs and whatever it was. I mean, it probably wasn't much, but we were, I was in awe of stuff like that. It's like, oh my gosh, you could actually type stuff in and run it. And you're absolutely right. Nowadays, it's like, I got Halo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, why don't that? Yeah, so, but yeah, like, uh, um, I think the Pluralsight ones, also uh, maybe t- take a look at the, uh, the Code School. They have some uh, pretty, more beginner type courses. That they're not geared towards kids, but they make them really fun. They make them like, it's like JavaScript for zombies. Like, the, the, the titles for their courses are really interesting. Um, so it might be something that, you know, a kid, depending what age, they might gravitate to a little bit more. Um, I, I wouldn't, I don't know how, how old your kids are, but, uh, you know, my nine year old probably wouldn't be too excited about that because they're really teaching you syntax in a yeah. fun way. Right. But I think maybe start with the Pluralsight courses for kids that they might be a good, good place to start. And I know one of the other things that people, I've seen people online talk about doing with their kids is like getting like a raspberry Pi or something like that and, and doing like some little, you know, little projects at home. You know, like let's let's turn these little LEDs on, or you know, let me put a motor on it, and you know, put some wheels on it, and see if we can make like you know, a little car or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, those are fun. I've seen those. I haven't played with those too much, but I have seen them. And even like Legos, they have the Lego Mindstorm, Mindstorms, where you can yeah. sort of turn regular Legos into somewhat robots. The problem with those is that they're they're really expensive, and once you know. Coming from a programming background, watching what those things do, you're like, really? You just paid 200 bucks for that? You know, it just seems like crazy yeah. to me. But yeah, 350 as the start. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <I've> <laughs> so, so it's like, yeah, I think that some something more in the yeah, like the Raspberry Pi uh, realm probably sounds a little bit better and more fun for me. I just don't know if the kids would like that. It's like, look, all these there's there's lights, but, you know, <laughs> but yeah, the Lego talks. <laughs> so, I don't know. So I'm not sure. Yeah, uh, that's true. I'm sure with maturity and and as as they start seeing more things at at school and with their with their friends. Although you know, unfortunately, they, they don't teach a lot of programming classes in schools, especially at the, at the elementary level. So I'm, I'm I think it's going to have to be something that gets done at home and or pushing them a little bit more. Or maybe can you make entity framework fun, Richie? I mean, that that might be the way to do it. Yeah, I I think we can. Julie can. Julie absolutely can. <laughs> we yeah, should so. get Julie on the show to talk about that. How can we do EF for kids? There you go. Yes. That sounds like a perfect, perfect Pluralsight course, EF for kids. That might be a good one because I think if you can do that, then you're going to have a bunch of, uh, you know, everyone in your house will be excited about uh, programming then, right? Yes. Let, let's, let, let's, let's, let's get Johnny to talk about migrations and how much fun <laughs> migrations is. There you go. Yeah. I know, I know I tried to make a, a TFS and Azure fun once and explain it to my son and he just was like, yeah, no. And then he went and played Halo <laughs> again. So, so I think, I think EF might be, might have more of a chance. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so, so one thing too, we definitely want to talk to you about today for sure is Orlando Code Camp. So, you know, what was it? This month it was, right? What well, account crime was this month? It was March 28th. March. So, oh, it was uh, last month. Yeah, last month. End, end of last month. Well, yeah, it feels like we were just there the other day, you know? It, it does. It does feel like it. It's, it's just crazy how time flies. Um, yeah, Orlando Code Camp. It was our 10th, uh, 10th annual event. So it was a pretty big um, deal for us. It's the... Sixth one that I've been in with, well, sixth one that I've run as the as the president of the group, and seventh 
that have been in, involved in some way from the organizing perspective. So um, it's it's just uh, been a really fun event to watch grow and turn into this thing that used to be just a, I guess, a smaller set of people and smaller um, focus on just .NET and mostly from the programming perspective. And then we started expanding into, okay, now we're fine. Let's let's be nice to these DBA people as well and bring in some SQL stuff. Yeah, and, thanks. Uh, <laughs> thanks for the both. Yeah, of course. No, I'm kidding. No, it's obviously, we've always, always been very much into the, everything Microsoft, right? So it was always like .NET and SQL. And then maybe three, four years ago, we started saying, you know you know what? We're, we are no longer just a, a Microsoft shop or Microsoft mentality. Everywhere you go, all these companies are looking to leverage all these different technologies. So we started bringing in a lot of JavaScript and obviously HTML, uh, HTML5 and things like that. And then... Uh, maybe two years ago, three years ago, um, along with um, a couple of the people that were in the group, we started thinking, well, what if we start reaching out to uh, other groups? You know, uh, so these last uh, last couple of years, we've had some iOS, we've had some Android, um, we had uh, I think Ruby last year. We, we've, you know, we're just really try- trying to make it a true code camp event where you have people from all sorts of backgrounds coming in to learn something. Um, and it's, it's a lot of fun to put together. It's, it's a lot of work. Thankfully, um, I have a lot of help. So uh, sometimes I tell people like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the, I'm the pretty face of the code camp, but it's really a lot of people doing, doing all the hard work. Right. So it's, yeah. it's, it's just amazing to see all these people stepping up and saying, you know what, I want to take this on and I want to, uh, I want to make a difference to, to the community. And, and it's, 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 it's a lot of fun. You know, if it was just me doing it, I, I, I wouldn't have fun doing it I, I wouldn't be as successful as it is right now so it's it's just amazing to to just see the whole community come together and you know i want to touch on, on one point you just made because one of the things i always wondered i always feel like code camps are every time i go to a code camp it's net mainly you know net some sql server you know now there's a lot of javascript everybody's talking about javascript right but yeah. you know it's you know, you look at the you look at the paperwork, you look at the brochures and ads, and it says CodeCamp, but it's it's usually a lot of .NET people. And well, so well, if, you, if you look at the history of them, um, it was started by a Microsoft person, right? I'm, I, don't, I don't think he was he worked for Microsoft, but it was started by a Microsoft type person, person that that the, what did a lot of .NET. So it, it was it was a it was a .NET thing for many years. So that's mm-hmm. sort of how it started, and that and that. But I think a lot of people are starting to embrace the fact that, hey, I'm not a I'm, I work at a shop that I need to know all these things. So let's 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 go out and learn all that stuff together. Right. I, I think it's where enterprise developers now. We're not just .NET developers, right? We we deal in JavaScript and HTML and maybe Python or Ruby or whatever it is. We're we're professional devs on the enterprise level. We need to know more than just one thing. Yeah, certainly. Um, what, what, I don't know if you guys were there for the keynote that I gave at CodeCamp. I was talking about this one client that I have. They have their entire uh, back end is running on Azure, obviously written .NET and C Sharp and lots of SQL stuff with some pretty heavy-duty um, services. And uh, they called us uh, asking us to help them with some Ruby on Rails site that's consuming all that stuff. So now I'm talking to a Ruby developer, telling him about it, and the Ruby developer is like, I've never written a Ruby, .net, a, a Ruby app that doesn't have a database. So now he's calling these services 
that are all foreign to him and these services are being consumed by Ruby. And it's like, oh my God, this is, you just don't usually hear about things like that happening because it's usually like you're in one stack or you're in the other stack. Now you're seeing all this craziness happening across stacks and it's pretty cool to see. Well, it's yep. all about the right tool for the job, right? You yep, know. exactly. You know, you might I might have .NET in my back end. I might have, you know, Node running, you know, my static site up front or, you know, serving up some APIs and something like that. You know, I might have Mongo and SQL Server and RabbitMQ and, you know, a bunch of other stuff happening in the background, DocumentDB. You know, it's, it's really just depending on what your application needs, depending on what your, your solution requires. You know, you just got to put the right pieces together to, to make the puzzle. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and it's really good to start seeing, you know, entire shops start thinking that way. Architects or developers uh, thinking in that direction instead of saying, well, this must be done in the Microsoft stack and nothing else. Or this must be done using open source and nothing else. And like you said, if you if you can tell that, hey, .NET or C Sharp or uh, an Azure service or a Windows service, whatever that might be, is the perfect tool for this one piece but then we have this other thing that just needs to be done doing node or it has to be done doing you know some ios thing that's going to consume everything else fine we'll do that uh instead of saying yeah i'm a purist microsoft person or a purist this type of person you know just just be a developer be a provide the right solution um yeah and and yes you have to think about who's going to be implementing it and you have a bunch of people who are microsoft experts implementing it you're not you're not going to send them off to do something else but if you have access to people that are knowledgeable across all these stacks, we might as well take advantage of that and, and, and put the best solution forward. Right. And, you know, one of the things I always like to say is, you know, like software is for people and technology is just a tool. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, we just have to find a solution that just works best in that space. Yeah, that's really well said. Yeah. So, so one thing I want to ask you then is from, I guess, a lot of feedback that you get from CodeCamp, like what are some of the the hot topics, right? Like what are some of the, the interesting spaces that, that you notice, you know, a lot of the t attendees wanted to know about? So for the past two or three years, uh, there's been a lot of JavaScript talk and uh, there's a lot of buzz. A lot of people who, even if they're not doing JavaScript, they're hearing uh, all these people talk about it and, and, and they want to see what the big fuzz is all about, right? Especially coming from the .NET side of things. I think people that haven't, are not necessarily .NET developers, They've been embracing that a little bit more uh, for a little longer than than uh, than, the, than the I guess the most of the code camp people. So th those that seems to be the, the the hot topic room for the past couple of years. Um, I think that cloud related things, uh, both from the developer perspective, but now uh, a lot of the the SQL guys are are trying to say, well, what does this mean to me? Uh, so we, we've seen quite a bit of uh, interest there. Uh, it seems like you know Azure is being around for what six or so years, I think. So the first couple of years, that room used to be you know, somewhat empty. The first year it was like, oh my god, what's the big big deal? Then the, then the next couple of years was like, yeah, it's okay. And then uh, I'm not sure if it's because Scott Goo is sort of running that now, or, or is it because they're really the, the the whole promise of of the cloud is 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 finally coming to to fruition you're seeing a lot of that, a lot of buzz around that. And funny enough, one our our, our one of our business room was the, the career track or the or the soft skills track, we call it. Um, that just seems to be something where a lot of people are like, you know what, I need to learn how to market myself, learn how to 
be a better interviewer you know and that's just interesting because it's a code camp which is supposed to be all about technology but one of our business rooms was the non-technology track so that was um that was that was interesting as well to see we want to thank Esteban for the great conversation and insight into how he started his business. If you enjoyed the episode, leave a comment on the website at awayfromthekeyboard.com or on Twitter at AFTK Podcast. You can subscribe to the show via the website or on iTunes. And while you're on iTunes, you can comment and rate us. And if you really want to know what makes us tick, sign up for our newsletter and we'll give you behind the scenes access to Away From The Keyboard. Next week on Away From The Keyboard, we'll have a conversation with architect Ton Garner, and we'll be discussing his product, TrackJS. I guess. Bye. See ya. (laughs) You don't have to go home, but you got to get off my podcast. Get out of here. Leave. Go home. But come back next week. And bring cookies. Lots of cookies. want to thank you for listening to Away From The Keyboard. As a reminder, we will have new episodes each and every week. You can interact with us on Twitter at AFTK Podcast or at awayfromthekeyboard.com. Hasta luego! Yeah. All right, so, so how do we do this? We're already doing it. Yeah, oh, doing it. nice. Oh, I didn't know that. Cool. <laughs> I wasn't sure if I needed to uh, uh, rec- uh, start up the whole Audacity thing. Yeah, if you want to go start Audacity, that's cool. You can go ahead and do that. Yeah, we probably should have warned you. Usually what we do is, you know, we just get into the conversation. Um, we just start talking. You know, what okay. we'll do is, you know, after, after the call or, you know, sometime later, we'll record the intro. And we'll do the outros, and then we'll just kind of, you know, Rich will just put them together. But, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's just regular free flow conversation, nothing, you know, nothing crazy, no scripts or anything like that. Just, you know. Oh, nice. I like that. Yeah, that's perfect. Very, very calm, very relaxed, very Caribbean, well, you know. <laughs> well, let me that- put on my podcasting voice then. <laughs> See, that's what we, that's, that's, that's what we don't want, right? We, we no, don't want people going in and just saying that, oh, I've got to be, you know someone else it's like no we want this to be honest and real and and very human and as opposed to i have to be mvp guy when i go on a podcast right and that's yep no i get that That, that's great that's great because i have been on some of those and and uh it it is it is a different type of thing especially when you're there to talk more about the things that you do in your professional life and i know from talking to you guys it's like okay what do you do outside of professional life 